up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast, episode 96. And today we're getting paranormal once again. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Yes. Josh loves the paranormal. I do, too. I'm starting to enjoy it more and more, more <laughs> research I've done into it. I've always had kind of a judgmental outlook on Most paranormal stuff because... Mm-hmm. And paranormal stuff in general, like even aliens or UFOs before... A few years ago, I was very skeptical to all that stuff because there is so much hoaxy stuff out there that in general, I tend to take a more skeptical approach to those types of things because it's so different than true crime, which is so easy to like, you know, analyze and look at the actual right, case right. and an investigation there's and like evidence. there's facts yeah. and there's not facts. And yeah. I don't know. I have trouble with paranormal, but I find it to be very interesting though. Mm-hmm. And I find this case especially interesting. And if you're kind of a skeptical person to paranormal, I think this story and this podcast will kind of open your mind a little bit more to it because it's very compelling stuff here. It's very intriguing. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes down to it, we're dealing with people's experiences and their firsthand account of what, what they actually experienced. And you know, sometimes it's hard to take people's words, you know, their word for things, mm-hmm. especially in this world that we're in now. But I think that so true. there's enough here. By the end, you're going to be like, something's up with this. Yeah. This place. Like, right. Th- this is not, you know, a hoax by any means. No. And this is actually based on, or I guess the conjuring is based on this. Yeah. Very famous movie. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of the conjuring. I'm sure a lot of you've watched the conjuring. I personally have not because I am not a fan of hollywood paranormal i don't like scary it's, movies it's pretty good like scary i mean it's, but you love it oh i love it it's by far my probably my favorite um horror movie probably it's not really horror it's like i mean it is horror but it's more of like that natural scare is like what i like to call it versus you know yeah. watching just something brutal unfold versus this is like you know we're dealing with something you know that we don't understand at all it's nothing familiar to us it's very freaky. I think that's why sure. it freaks me out so much. In this story, I feel like the movie would scare me even more because I know that there's like, you know, the the whole movie isn't true. They definitely took Hollywood creative freedoms oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. like stretched it. I just from what I've read about it, but the actual like movie I think would have scared me just because I believe the backbone totally. of the story. Well, you know, yeah, it makes and, it more real. Yeah. I was going to actually watch the movie for you guys, but I just feel like it, it'll just give me anxiety. I don't know if anyone else is like that. Let me know if you're like this too, but scary movies for me, it's like anxiety the entire time. I just feel like on edge, especially knowing like bad things are going to happen or something's watching someone or I hate when things pop out. Oh. That always really scares me. <laughs> this movie is. Yeah, yeah I know that this movie is really yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be startled. A lot of people enjoy that and I totally I get it. it. It's like a roller coaster kind of. It's a rush um, of adrenaline coming in. Yeah, but to me, and, it's like a rush of anxiety coming yeah, in. It's just and, not a fun experience to watch a scary movie. <laughs> well, yeah, some people don't like it's it. It's the same reason why some people like haunted houses, some people don't. Right. Some people don't like that feeling of yeah. of being like, oh shit, like mm-hmm. that, that was crazy. That was, you know, just pop out of nowhere or yeah. something just really terrifying to watch. Like there's yeah. a couple scenes in here that are just straight terrifying. Like, yeah, just I, just, like, I don't want to be terrified, you know? Just blown away by what you're watching. So I find the actual real details and encounters that people have in interview clips from this family to be way more interesting than like anything that could be done by Hollywood, you know, and honestly more scary. Yeah. It's more because creepy it's really to hear it from yeah. a person's perspective who actually yeah. went through it. And I completely agree. It, it's really crazy stuff. So yes, we're excited to talk about the haunting of the parent family. Yes. But we've got some other interesting things we want to cover before that. We also want to thank our sponsors for today. Third love upstart native and stamps.com. Also check out Mahar.com for the merch Kendall's wearing the terrarium 
crew neck sweatshirt that she put a lot of thought into. Actually. I did. So. I actually had so many revisions on this design. I like really thought about the color schemes. I came up with the idea to make it reflective on the gold around my terrarium. It's really cool. Turned if you're listening, really it's a terrarium design that has some mushrooms in there, some crystals, a bunch of plants. And then it also has an alien yeah. who just landed in there. It so. looks so cool. I love it. Yeah. I think it looks awesome. It really awesome. looks good. So bunch of definitely new items. check it out yeah we have a couple new things i'm going to be modeling them in the next couple episodes yeah and then just you know check it out because <laughs> and sign up because we're going to be doing some new drops in the new year yes we've got some really cool stuff like we got to do a pet drop yes that's an asap type of yep. thing so and we have some really cool items coming in that we're going to be doing it's a whole other exciting thing but we want to bring in some eco items as well already we have yeah. eco t-shirts eco-friendly t-shirts and yeah we're just trying to Go up a mile our higher game. with our merch. Yeah, exactly. We need to. So, <laughs> and we got these water balls too. These insulated water balls are really nice. Yes. So check it out. Milehigher.com. Yes. Check it out today. But let's go ahead and jump into the first story I've got for you today. So this was pretty big news, especially if you're a sports fan. Yes. Um, I am. And we found out this week that Major League Baseball um, is officially removing cannabis from the list of banned substances for players. Um, which is really huge. Yeah. Bravo Fantastic. to the MLB recognizing that this is a, you know, something that can really help and benefit mm-hmm. their players. Definitely. Um, and let's be real. Like these guys are already doing it anyway. Right. So it doesn't really matter. Are using like synthetic urine and anything to pass tests. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of ways around it, but I guess, I mean, I guess for MLB, it's probably harder <laughs> to like cheat the drug test or something like that. But no, it's good that people don't have to hide their use of this. Well, because they've been testing for cannabis forever. Yeah. Um, pretty much all the major league sports have. Yeah. So to have the MLB in, in front of the NFL or, mm-hmm. you know, NHL or some other type of sports league, you know, or NBA to mm-hmm. allow players to use. Because, I mean, players can use CBD right now, which uh, is great. Mm-hmm. But to be able to, you know, use the THC, especially like football players, mm-hmm. the ones that are crashing their heads together, like right. it could be really beneficial for especially for football. Yeah, especially for football, just because of the, you know, physical wear and tear it takes on your body. Like I can only imagine. And and as we've talked about in previous episodes, they're finding that cannabis is what, thirty times more effective as um than Tylenol or aspirin is. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's really cool. So Oh, I can speak to that. I know that it is. Mm-hmm. It really does help and it aids CBD. It makes CBD work better, actually. So there's a lot of benefits to THC apart from CBD. CBD is great, but yeah. it's like not as good, you know, as THC can be, especially, I mean, it doesn't have to be like in huge amounts. Right. Like people yeah. can use doesn't it in smaller, that. you know, microdosing and stuff and it can really help their pain. I'm sure these baseball players like, so can sore throw out their arm like or a some pitcher shit. and stuff that are pitching all game yeah. and their arms just feel like they want to fall off after the game like, i mean just any athlete i feel like anyone yeah. who's an athlete gets body pain and is sore and could benefit from the healing properties of the marijuana yeah. and it's great to see you know a huge organization like this step up and be like okay because i mean this is the start of normalizing it for shift. the rest yeah, of them totally and i feel like the country overall We're is starting close. to see um THC as a healing thing versus a drug, you know, label. I mean, it's just ridiculous that it's considered a schedule one thing right now. It's literally a medicine. Yeah. Like that's what it is Yeah, at its core. It's a medicine. And why shouldn't you allow players to use a natural plant medicine for their ailments? Like seriously. 
versus getting addicted to painkillers or something like exactly. that. Exactly. And part of the reason why that the MLB did this and, and I think really stepped up is because there was a baseball player that uh, died earlier this year from an opioid overdose. So it's, it's something that's really rocked the sports community just as a whole over the past year. So I think they were like, you know what, we're going to start testing for those and we're going to let cannabis be something that's permitted. So, um, that's really cool. Really cool to see that. Mm -hmm. But the next story I've got for you is also very interesting. This is a archeological discovery that was made in Indonesia where they have discovered the earliest artwork that depicts a story. So this means literally cave art that it's so hard to see from what they look at, you know, it's, it is hard to see, especially off of the cave wall. They like mm-hmm. remo- took a picture and removed it. But if you have a really good look at the image that's on the wall, it clearly shows what they're saying are supernatural people hunting wild animals. And it's in this red pigment and almost looks like blood. And that's what I thought it was at first it was like some, uh, artwork in blood, but it's some type of red pigment from something probably those beetles it's like the best natural red pigment and tons of old it's like what starbucks was using in their drinks do you remember this yeah, yeah. few years oh, ago yeah, in the yeah. pink what frappuccino was yeah whatever yeah, the, the strawberry cream, thing yeah. yeah that was and then like a bunch of vegan people were really upset because it was actually beetles and they like weren't <laughs> disclosing oh, it but it's right. a pigment I do remember that. and a bunch of ancient cultures used that pigment yeah. that's probably what it is it's like a very deep blood red yeah so they use this pigment and drew these images of animals as far back as 44,000 years ago is what they're dating this right now. 44,000 years ago, there was some level of human that did a little art piece on the, on the wall in this cave with so this pigment. Let me, I don't really see anything supernatural though. This to me looks like some animals chasing each other. They're saying this is a human-like creature throwing a spear at this clearly-looking pig-looking thing. Okay, so aren't they just just like depicting hunting? Yeah, exactly. They just don't. They don't know. Like you can't tell what type of animal or being this is from the picture. Looks like a. But it's clearly a picture of something to me, like a warthog. Or yeah, something. that's what they're saying. It doesn't. That everybody's interpreting in a different way. Hmm. I don't see it. Okay. Let me know what you guys think if you see it. I could be wrong. I mean. It's kind of hard to interpret this stuff, but to me, it looks yeah, like a pretty relatively old. normal thing. I mean, most cave drawings have right, animals but, and hunting. Yeah, I know. I know. And the reason why it looked so primitive is because it's so early on. In yeah. The human, I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Is it supernatural though? I don't think that necessarily, it doesn't look like a UFO or an alien to me. No, but. no. They're just saying that if you interpret it one way, it could be interpreted as a, some type of creature that is like human body with a tail or some somebody said that it looked like a had a like a cat's head to it but everybody can interpret it different ways this is an ancient cave drawing like yeah you know you can't discern exactly what it is destroyed at this point honestly it's like you barely have any of it left it's like 50 percent of it but the fact that we found this at all and we dated Mm -hmm. it to that far back is pretty cool no i love seeing that for sure it's definitely a, a cool discovery So the last story that I have is about a 30-year study that was done, which has shown that people who use disinfectants, which we'll talk about which ones specifically, just once a week, have a 22 to 32% increased chance of developing chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD. So this is, um, I mean, pretty much all of us use disinfectants, right? I mean, you got to clean your 
you know, kitchen or your house or whatever. We but don't. the type of disinfectants is the key. I, yeah, I guess you're right. We yeah. don't use bad disinfectants. Because it's bleach. Is Bleach is the main yeah. thing. Like, well, I mean, can't we tell just by smelling the shit? Yeah. It's so horrible. When it's, you try to clean your bathroom, have you ever done that? Like, oh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I used to do that in college. Like, it's clean so my bathroom. And then sometimes I'd even have, like, the door shut. And then it would all fume up, like, all the hot water and the steam. And then it's bad. you're, like, all of a sudden, like, whoa. You're gassing yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. really bad. And you can just tell it's horrible for your body. Yeah, if you like did a full bleaching of your bathroom every week, I'm sure it would have really negative effects. Yeah, I mean, it cleans really well. Right. Don't get me wrong. But, but that's why natural cleaners are so important. And there's all these new natural brands coming out. Yeah. Like we even noticed Target has a new brand right now, right? They do. They do. We saw it last time we were there. Yep. They have a whole line of 100% plant-based mm-hmm. uh, cleaning products and cruelty-free. You know, literally everything you need. Yeah. It's becoming easier it's to get that kind of too. stuff. And especially seeing studies like this really shows you how important it is. Yeah. To, you know, sometimes well, they're a little more expensive, but it's so much better. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no non-toxic, right? There's nothing right. in there that can actually hurt you potentially right. like from using the product versus bleach uh, like, you know, Windex or anything with an ammonia is also mm-hmm. uh, really bad for your lungs and stuff. Like sometimes I wonder if my asthma is as bad as it is because of my use of cleaning products like week after week after week growing up because I used to do my chores oh, every yeah. week and I would literally would use like yeah. Comet, which is I think bleach or a bleach product. Yeah. I'd use Comet, like bleach. I'd use all these chemicals, Windex and things like yeah. that every single week. And I'd go into bathrooms and like try to turn the fan on and vent it. But a lot of bathrooms don't have fucking windows in them. So you yeah. can't even vent out the cleaner. Yeah. So you're literally just like fuming it up. And then I was dumb and you know, run the shower and then yeah. creates like a That's vapor. That's exactly what I was saying. I did. So bad. Yeah, it is. It's really bad. So it's good. I wanted to share this because I think it's important to be informed about, especially mm-hmm. things about your health. Like, mm-hmm. you know, cause the companies really don't do a good job at, mm-hmm. at telling you how this could affect your health down the road. No, because they don't care it. about your health. Right. Right. <laughs> There's some brands out there that do nowadays, but it's limited. You know, you got to speak with your dollar though, and show that we want good ingredients that aren't going to kill us or give us cancer or COPD in the products that we use around our house or our kids or around our animals, you know, totally. Yeah. It's like, you know, you really it's have really to think important. about those types of things. Yeah. Well, and there's no, did you know there's no FDA like type organization that re- regulates cleaning products um, that are brought into your I home? I actually did know that it's groups like the EPA mm-hmm. that makes the warnings for chlorine bleach and things like that. It's so absurd. It's just weird. It's like, w- isn't that almost like more important than food in a sense? Like, mm-hmm. because you're, you're dealing with such, potent chemicals like the some yeah. of these cleaning agents are really really powerful stuff yeah yet the fda is releasing warnings about cbd yeah they're worried about shutting the cbd down it's like it's really where's really your, your guys' priorities at man where's yeah. Yeah. the world's moving ahead way faster we're just like leaving the fda in the dust they're so out of touch oh yeah oh yeah but if you want some just a good good alternatives to you know the normal stuff that you may buy there's some definitely some good brands like we said the target mm-hmm. brand is great mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what it's called. There's Method Products, which is yes, one that I we've used Method. for a long time. Really great company. Really eco-friendly, plant-based. Probably Seventh my favorite. generation. Yep. That's a popular one. Mrs. Ms. Myers yep. and Ecos are just a couple. And then obviously you can make your own. Yeah, first. and there's some other ones too. Let us know if you guys have any you know, natural brands out there for cleaning supplies or other things that you have found to be you know, a good company and a really effective product. Let us know in the comments. Yeah, definitely. 
But let's go ahead and get into the haunting of the Perrin family. We have a lot to cover. It's going to yes. be really interesting. So we will be right back after a word from our first sponsors today. Let's get into the haunting of the Perrin family in Harrisville, Rhode Island. This is a crazy story. And the reason why we even know about it is because of the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine Warren. They're really the ones who, you know, brought the public's attention to it, really, Mm -hmm. um, because they actually investigated this case. Um, You know, they've done 10,000 cases was what they actually say they've done Uh, in their lifetime. They did 10,000 different paranormal cases, but they're saying 10,000. How can you possibly over a lifetime, though? But that's even that is insane. That's what, I mean, if, what if I did 10,000 true crime <laughs> cases? You could though life. over 30 years. You couldn't do 10,000. No way. That's a lot. <laughs> Maybe that I don't know. Maybe they, I mean, that's like just if you do a one claim. a week. That's 52 a year. Yeah. That's true. That's a lot. That's a wild claim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll just say, and they have a lot of wild claims. Yeah, a lot of people are skeptical of the Warrens. I think we should say that. I mean, I think a lot of you probably know that reasons why people are skeptical about them. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only are they, uh, you know, paranormal investigators. So Ed is actually a self-professed demonologist. He claims to Mm -hmm. know all about demonology and possession and things like that. Yeah, they're very religious too. Yeah, Catholic and Lauren Mm -hmm. or and Lorraine is a clairvoyant medium type individual which i actually really believe she is yeah i get genuine vibes about that from her i just well and when you sometimes. you know they've made a lot of money off this stuff is all i'll say yeah so yeah. it's hard right because the conjuring i mean the con the whole conjuring universe and that all being in hollywood now is thanks to the warns the warns literally connected with new line cinema to create the conjuring movie mm-hmm. so they made a boatload. That's been a super, super successful. Their Conjuring Three is about to come out, I think. So, oh, is it? Yeah, and they oh, keep geez. they keep doing movies so on Warren cases. So they make cases. up the story to like because it's not like the same story goes into the second. No, movie no, no. Or right. They just, so like, after it's the different first one. movie, it's just made up. It's another Warren case. It's actually oh. called Enfield Poltergeist, and that's what Conjuring Two is about, I believe. Okay. And it's another Warren case, though. Literally, all of these movies, and a lot of people don't probably don't even realize this that go and watch these movies that they're based on true events in some extent that are have been investigated and reported by the Warrens who are both neither alive anymore but mm-hmm. they they have been the pioneers in, in paranormal investigation they're very they very have. very famous um, especially in the New England area that's actually where they created the New England Society for Psychic Research um, well so much paranormal activity happens in New England yes. I mean it's, it's just such old. an old area, you know? Mm-hmm. So much has gone on there. Yeah. So much sketchy. Makes sense. Shit. I mean, a lot of violence has happened there. Yeah. There's been a lot of yeah. just change and crazy events that have happened on mm-hmm. the East Coast. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, where people have been the longest. So right. it, it makes sense. I mean, not saying that there isn't shit all over the country, but it um, makes sense why New England is such a hot spot, it seems right. like, for paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. So the Perrin family is consists of Roger Perrin, his wife Carolyn and their five children, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, and April. Who, look how perfect they all look. I wonder if they were like going to church or something that day. Their yeah. little hats and their little scarf. Yeah. Stockings and little shoes. <laughs> they could they're wearing been. gloves, I think. Yeah, they're yeah. wearing like little gloves. Yeah. They have a fancy family. All girls. Yes. Yes. Five girls. Five, five girls. Five girls. 
I just wanted to correct myself real quick. Sorry that the 10,000 claim was a little overshot there. It's actually 4,000 that happens over that, that time. So just wanted to clarify that, but. Okay. Well that makes more sense. 4,000. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So 4,000 cases over a lifetime. Even that though, that's still, it's still a, lot, a lot. That's a lot of paranormal activity to investigate for sure. Yeah. Like how Which, thorough can you possibly be? Well, yeah. And, and you got to think that like not every single case was, you know, some type of haunting or anything like that. It could be any form of paranormal. Mm -hmm. um, it could be, you know, the simplest thing to the most crazy and complex thing like in this story. All right. So let's get into talking about the Perrin family a little bit more and what led them to this house and yes. how this all started in their lives. Yes. So they were currently living in Providence, Rhode Island in the city, and they decided they wanted to move to the country. Yeah, kinda. it's a small town. Yeah. No, it's a teeny town. And they moved to Harrisville, mm -hmm. where they purchased their dream home in winter of 1970. This looks so similar to the house that my parents had me yeah, in. Yeah, it does. Really similar. Have you ever seen the yeah, picture? I have. This almost looks exactly like it. I was like tripping when I was first looking at it. Like yeah, we had a picture same of it color. hanging up in our house growing up. So I've like used to seeing it. It's even a though colonial, I only lived there for like a year, but it's a classic colonial style home. Like, my parents lived in Massachusetts, so right. a classic colonial farmhouse yeah, yeah, type situation. In, and they lived in a small town too. Yeah. Yeah. There's Very a lot similar. of those types of properties out in the country up there for sure. So they bought it in the winter of 1970 and, and they didn't actually move into it until January of 1971 because it was like the holidays yeah. and Christmas and all that. So her mom didn't want to move. The mom didn't want to move because, yeah, Christmas time, especially back then, it was like a big deal. Right. right. Especially then with their little fancy outfits and five girls. You know, imagine how fancy their Christmas outfits were. Yeah. Yeah. How seriously they took the holidays. Oh, so. I'm sure. Because when, when you have five girls, I mean, that's a lot Ooh, to. Yeah to prepare for you yeah. know like christmas wise so. the mom was such a badass she was taking care of these five girls a lot on her own mm -hmm. because their her father was busy a lot of the time yeah. working and stuff so mm -hmm. yeah the mom really had to take care of all of them what's crazy though is they moved in during a snowstorm can you imagine that like, like a blizzard yeah yeah it was yeah. really really bad they didn't want to delay it anymore though because they'd already waited and like mm -hmm. they, they bought the house so right. it's like Time What's to move the in. Point? Yeah. What are we waiting for? Yeah. So they decided to just go ahead and move in anyway. Mm -hmm. So the house that they bought is called the old Arnold estate and has 200 acres. That's a lot of land. 200 acres. That is. That's insane. Mm -hmm. So it's literally a farmhouse on just loads and loads of land. Tons of land. It was actually one of the original plantations in the area, um, which was actually surveyed by uh, colonist John Smith in 1680. That's how old this thing is. This house... And again, it what didn't look like this in 1680. Right. Um, it, it started as like a little four up. square house yeah. and they build off of it because mm -hmm. literally generation after generation of family lived in this house. I believe mm -hmm. it's eight generations of, of family lived in this house. And you know, it's interesting. If you listen to our last episode, we talked about consciousness and how maybe objects could have consciousness because they're made out of wood. Like for example, in house, a lot of objects are... You know, made out of natural things. Yeah. And, you know, is it possible for that, you know, materials to absorb spirits, to absorb energy, to absorb what the people bring into the house, what the people experience in the house? It's a really and does it become point. part of the consciousness of the house in a way? Yeah, that's a really great point. I think, I think there's a possibility for sure because you hit the nail on the head literally like there's so much wood in the frame and right. stone probably and all sorts especially of especially older of houses are yeah. more oh, naturally yeah. built right exactly 
so it yeah definitely could have some form of consciousness it might be yeah might be able to you know absorb spirits or spirits Mm -hmm. might be able to cling to it easier if it's more Mm -hmm. natural made i don't know it's it's really interesting thought for sure so they moved in to this house on round top road in harrisville rhode island it was a 14 room i've seen other reports say it was 10 room but it was bit it was like a big old big old house um tons of rooms in it uh, as most of those colonial, they had like a room for like everything, you know, the mm-hmm. parlor, the dining room, the, you know, all these other little, little rooms, closets yeah. and, you know, things for people. Super back compartmentalized. Now the design yeah. styles for houses, all the new builds are like so open concept yeah, and yeah. flowing and less spaced off areas. But back then they wanted everything like so separated. Like mm-hmm. this is in purpose rooms. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. That is the you sewing go here room. for this and you go here for right. that. Yeah. Right. Each room had like a job. If you had money it. back then. Yeah, of course. totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people lived in like one room. Yeah. Cabins and things like that. So, mm-hmm. but this was a home that was built in 1736. This is before like the Revolutionary War, which is crazy how old that is. That is so old. You'd think about all of the possible energy that could be absorbed from all the people that had lived there in that time. That's such a huge amount of time. Which makes a lot of sense for why older homes are most yeah. more likely to be haunted than yeah. a new How often home, do you hear obviously. about a story like, oh yeah, we got a new build and then as soon as yeah. we moved in, it was haunted. Like Right, yeah. That is, I'm sure our YouTuber has done that shit. Probably fake, but... Yeah, anybody that's like, <laughs> come on, like if your house is like three years old and like two people live there, yeah. like the chances of it being haunted are probably right. slim, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, a house that's been around mm-hmm. for hundreds of years we're talking mm-hmm. about, there's a good possibility a lot of souls have gone through that. Let's just put it that way. Like, it's definitely had a lot of energies. Energy, a lot of, I think, is the of right different word things. to use. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of things happening in there. Mm-hmm. So they were really ecstatic about this house. They were mm-hmm. like, we got this beautiful farmhouse. It's on beautiful Gorgeous. land. Gorgeous, I'm sure Beautiful it was, land. Yeah, it looks really nice. Really lush, green, that. tons of room for, yeah. you know, five girls to roam around and play. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting though is like you you think in like a ten to fourteen room house everybody have their own bedroom right yeah but I mean and again it's probably because they're young but they like shared rooms um, Nancy and Christine shared a room Cindy and April another one and Andrea had a room all to herself is she is Andrea the oldest yes she was the oldest of of the girls so I think it was more of an age thing like you don't want to put like a five year old in their own room probably I don't know huh. Yeah. Well, I guess you you could. Most people do nowadays, but I think back I then maybe I, I don't never know. shared a room, but I can see. Yeah, I can definitely see how maybe the if the kids were scared, they would be like, oh, they'll be less scared if they have a buddy in their room. Yeah, yeah. Especially it is a big house. It is. Or they could have just been using all the other rooms for different random things, like you said, the parlor room and the sewing room and this and that. Yeah, yeah. Well, or maybe maybe they only had like four bedrooms or something because yeah. that just was like the max number right? of bedrooms a house would have. Yeah. Because back then, you know, I don't think houses like that have like, you know, bathrooms in the bedrooms and things like that. It's a very traditional old school design. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting that they they didn't share or they didn't have their own. All of them didn't have their own room. So but they were super excited to move in. And they, you know, the girls were super excited to just climb all over the trees and all the stone walls are around it. Um, And they had no idea moving in that this this place was haunted at all. But mm-hmm. as soon as they started moving stuff into the house, mm-hmm. that changed very quickly. <laughs> Literally, what? She said five minutes. It was being so in there. quick. Yeah. As soon as they started going in, um, they were moving boxes into the house, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, Andrea recalls 
getting a box from her father from mm -hmm. the truck or whatever and bringing it into the house mm -hmm. and to come into the house is like a really long stretch you have to walk across mm -hmm. the entire mm -hmm. thing which was like 100 plus feet and she walked past the dining room and she saw a man standing in the corner oddly dressed she said so clearly in like some maybe colonial attire maybe or a little out of place yeah a little you know apparition type thing mm -hmm. and she remembers like greeting it being like oh it was just because the other owner was moving out, remember, like at the yeah. same time as yeah, moving which in, so which weird. is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, or maybe they were there to like help with it. I don't know. Who knows? People were weird back then. But yeah, the, I think she thought it was just like his friend, you know. Right. And then she went and like asked her mom about it. Was like, hey, do you know who, who the guy other is? guy is in, in the parlor room? Mm -hmm. She was like, there is no other guy in the parlor room. And she's the oldest sister. Yes, she is. She's much older than the rest. She actually she mm -hmm. says she like kind of mothered uh, her sisters because she was she was a lot older yeah significant, significantly older than uh, the rest of them and she's gone on to really be the one to tell the story of what her family experienced to be the one to organize getting the story out there and has written books and has been very vocal about her experiences there versus the rest of the family has has shared but not as much as her well yeah and, and you think her memory is probably the best too right because she's the oldest mm-hmm Mm -hmm. so. out of all the kids but yeah she's she's gonna provide a lot of information around this clearly because she was there um she has a lot a lot she remembers a lot surprisingly um so they they had this experience there's there's this apparition in in the parlor room and multiple girls witnessed it and saw it mm -hmm. and then literally they went back and it, it was vanished it was completely it was gone they had no the idea guy. yeah they're like what was that so that was her first thing. And I think, you know, you can walk into a place like this and just kind of get a feeling, you know, like you can kind of yep. sense you have that like instinctual sense or sixth sense or whatever. Well, you know, a lot of people will describe being like cold. Yeah. Right. A supernatural cold. Yeah. That's not the same as like just cold outside. Feel. Yeah. So it's interesting. But I think, you know, it, it probably feels pretty similar and they were moving in during a blizzard so I think when they moved into the house, they were experiencing that cold right away. But, you know, they're like, it's dead winter. We just moved into a new house. Maybe the systems aren't working and whatever. I guess this is like pretty old, but. Yeah, I don't think there's any like <laughs> central heating in this house. But they were cold. Yeah, yeah. The mom especially was freezing her ass off like yeah. for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Because like all the fireplaces were like shut down. Yeah. Which was interesting. How like, many fireplaces were there? There was There's like, like five, I think. Yeah, there was a lot of fireplaces of in this house and they were sealed. Yeah, like the sealed chimneys off. were sealed and stuff. The flumes or whatever were sealed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like, why would they seal that? Like some of them, I guess one or two of them wasn't operational at all, but yeah. the others like totally could work and they just weren't using them for some reason. It was really weird because yeah. there was somebody living to, into it prior. So they moved out and just like sealed everything up. So obviously with how old this house is, there's a lot of history behind it as far as who's lived in it mm -hmm. and this house was owned primarily by the arnold family mm -hmm. eight generations of, of families lived in it that's a lot of family drama yeah over the years it's a lot of fam well yeah not only family drama but family tragedy that happened in this yeah. house too mm -hmm. um, which i think really contributed to this haunting for sure definitely so mrs john arnold who at age 93 hung herself from the rafters of the barn there was other losses on the estate, including several suicides, hangings, poisonings, uh, the rape and unsolved murder of 11-year-old Prudence Arnold, two sudden drownings in the creek located near the house, and four men who mysteriously froze to death on the land. So Now, there is supposedly some like 
we're not completely sure all of those things actually happened on the property, right? Right. Well, I think it was more in the the house and around the farmhouse itself. Because this is a huge property, like 200 mm-hmm. acres, somebody could be my, like a long right. ways away and right. just be like fishing and die or something, you know. That's so, true. So it doesn't necessarily, it's not like all these people were on around the actual house or barn when this happened. But there's some people that think it's just like wrong accounting for too. Yeah, there's there's some people who just completely say this is wrong. But Carolyn actually did a ton of research. The mother, she did a ton mm. of research on this house. And this is what she found from uh, public records. I mean, she was the homeowner. You would think she'd probably have access to um, the information uh, about this. So, yeah, like they've actually said that some of it was just like people that happen to be passing through the land. You know, mm-hmm. like especially back, we're talking a lot of this could have happened years and years and years ago. And so people were, you know, migrating across the land or moving in, you know, things could have happened. So it doesn't necessarily mean that all of these deaths have contributed to this house being haunted by any means. But mm-hmm. it is it is very crazy that, you know, over I, I guess it's really not that crazy. That's a lot of time that's passed. So a lot could happen um, in this this area of land. So one other uh, interesting point I wanted to mention was that Andrea said that she would go to school and come home like super happy, had a great day at school. And then within five minutes of being in this house, she just felt completely overtaken by sadness, just like a complete energy shift that would hit her immediately Mm -hmm. upon coming home. And I think depending on how like in tune you are with this type of stuff, yeah. it would affect you stronger Absolutely. than others, you know, Absolutely. like, and really change your mental state. Absolutely. Which I think she's definitely the, the sister that was really mm-hmm. clued in a lot to yeah. uh, the paranormal stuff that was happening. Definitely most sure. interested in it too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So after moving in, they're like, all right, this is, you know, there's something else going on here. And they remembered what the previous owners had told them. And they, the previous owner had actually advised them, on the day that they moved in that they should quote unquote leave the lights on at night. Can you imagine moving it? Like if we had moved into this house and they were like, all right guys, enjoy your new home. Just keep the lights on at night and everything will be okay. <laughs> like, can you imagine? <laughs> oh yeah. I just, it's so sketchy. You always hear these things in these haunted stories of like, you're like, why did you move forward with the sale then? You like, just don't even think about, well, cause it's probably a sweet deal. I think a lot yeah, of these houses go they for like were. sweet deals. Yes. And, and so it draws people in and, and people that really need a big place like this are like the price, you know, that's all that that matters. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's not real. So let's keep let's the take lights a gamble. Yeah, now that's, that's interesting told. from like a paranormal perspective to think about. Why would, if there's anything true to that, why would they tell them to keep the lights on? What is that going to do? Does that make a spirit not able to haunt you if the lights are on? I thought that, yeah, like, that's a what? really good point too. Yeah, what is that even going to do? Because they'll curious. just put the light out, <laughs> right? Or <laughs> <Just> yeah, <laughs> unscrew that shit. But just for real, if like, I guess if you know if you're in really into paranormal stuff, and or maybe it was just like a joke, almost like <laughs> like take the lights off. <laughs> oh my god, that's because I've had joke. some crazy ass experiences with them off. I'll god. tell you that. How about just like enjoy your family memories? Bye. Why yeah. would you say this? It's so weird. Well, I think I think the darkness does, re- especially for malevolent spirits. Like the darkness yeah. is really where they thrive. It might be an actual active, thing. like they're yeah. most active that way. So if you're, well, it seems like that. Like it happens yeah. at night most often in these paranormal stories. Most right. of the activities happening at night. I I know it can happen during the day too. But if any of you know, is it more common? Can, do they like thrive in the dark? I believe they do. I believe especially 
evil spirits are trying to, you know, they're going to work in a different way from, you know, a spirit that might just be trying to communicate with you in a positive way. Yeah, that makes sense. But, and I think it's also how they manifest too. It all comes back to how a spirit manifests. And a lot of times they manifest as apparitions that can only be seen at night. Mm. If, you know, ghostly figure, something ghostly, I mean, in the middle of the daytime, it's going to be camouflaged pretty much. I mean, it's not like they manifest black during the day or like some other color so that you can see them. I've never really heard of that. This is where we need a paranormal expert. We have got to get someone on the show next year. I want to be able to ask someone like questions like this. Do spirits thrive in the dark? That's an I've, interesting question. Yeah. And I mean, I think people have different answers though, too. I think depending on what you've experienced, everybody's yeah. experiencing is a little bit differently, but yeah. I think there's probably a general over, overall answer for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's night. I think the darkness is key to them being active especially in ways where, you know, things start really getting crazy. So I actually want to play a clip of an interview that Andrea did because she explains what one of her first or second night was like one of the first few nights she was in the house. Um, Something really interesting happened to her. And yeah, you just got to hear it to, to understand. The first night or two that we were in the house, of course you're adjusting to a new environment. Uh, I thought that the sound that I was hearing was wind in the eaves, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't the case at all. And then my darling little sister Cindy crawled into bed with me. She said, Annie, can I sleep with you? I said, sure. I pulled the quilt back and let her in. She snuggled up real close and she said, I hear voices in my room and they're all talking at once, but they're all saying the same thing. And I asked her, what are they saying? And she said, there are seven dead soldiers buried in the wall seven dead soldiers in the wall can you imagine having your sister come in in the middle of the night and crawl in the bed and be like hey can i sleep with you because uh there's seven dead soldiers in my room i would tell her you're lying and go back to sleep <laughs> damn <laughs> cold <laughs> i wouldn't have believed her if yeah, she told me that it's, it's crazy but it's interesting that she remembers hearing like what she what she thought was wind in the eaves of, of the house but she was like, it's something else was already active within them being in the house for so short of time. It's really crazy. It is. So apart from Andrea's experience, you know, with her sister and her coming in and telling her that the paranormal activity they experienced for, you know, a good part of their initial stay at the house was friendly with spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually saw apparitions quite often and they say that children are really in tune with that's the other side or the paranormal side and they might experience more ghost activity than maybe an adult would i think it's so true i think children in general are you know just more in touch with that other world and the other side in a way if you want to call it that like even you know when you look at reincarnation stories like it's always kids that remember things like before the age of five mm-hmm. and then they start to lose everything as they get older. I feel right. like the closer you are to birth, you know, the more interaction you might even have. And I, I'm curious if people that are old experience the same thing. If you're like close to death, I think so. Yeah. Do you experience more paranormal. I believe stuff? that's true. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Which would make complete sense. You're closer to whatever's out there, the yeah. other side of things and mm-hmm. you're just more in tune with it. You have more experiences with it which is really interesting. Um, And actually the girls would grow very fond of two of the spirits. Actually, one of these entities was claimed to be the benevolent ghost of Mrs. Arnold, who was reported to tuck the girls in at night and would kiss them on the forehead. Yeah. My family had a friendly ghost in it. I've mentioned it before in the podcast, but my, 
like my aunt, great aunt had a house that was like, I guess not haunted. What would you even call it? Like it was being run by a ghost. And she was a nice yeah, woman just, yeah. who used to live there. Right. It's just somebody she who's like attached to their house. Hang up the towels, still. make the beds, like things like that. It was never anything scary. It was like right. positive interactions. And I think I think the positive experiences oftentimes get overlooked by the negative because of yeah. how shocking like the negative yes. is. But it's honestly kind of shocking the positive too. Like just yeah. having you know some type of sounds kind of cool. Who it's like a guardian cleans angel. and you know keep you know organizes your things or like. It's yeah. just around doing things where you live is pretty interesting. Like at the Stanley Hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know? a very great example of that. There's uh, Elizabeth, I think her name is, maybe. I might be yeah. missing that. No, well, it's not like demon infested. It's it's a lot mm-hmm. of spirits that lived and worked their fill right. attached to the place and yes. you know want to keep up with it, mm-hmm. which is interesting that yeah. you can even do that. If, that's, if this is real at all, the fact that you can attach yourself to a place is really interesting. Yeah. And really cool, honestly. The other spirit that they would encounter, though, was Johnny Arnold. He was a boy who's said to have hung himself in the attic of this farmhouse in the mid-18th century. The girls were really fond of, of this boy spirit, and they actually nicknamed him Manny. And he would play with their toys, and he'd watch the sisters as they played outside. So weird. Very weird. It's weird how kids are so like ex- accepting of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like at that age, I would have been like freaking out. <laughs> I know. That's what I think, too, but I don't know really really interesting thing about seeing like a ghost at that young of an age you know mm-hmm. especially one that's like trying to play with you and stuff like that's really weird yeah really weird and then the family also uh, encountered something they called the sweeping ghost and this spirit's presence would be heard from a distance of the sound of a broom um, brooming against the floor and whenever they'd go and see like who's brooming or whenever they'd go and see who's sweeping they would just find the broom leaning against the wall with like a little neat pile of dirt next to it. So it just, you know, some That's type convenient. of spirit would just like sweep up the kitchen for you. That's nice. A little pile for you. Hmm. But over time, you know, they had all these positive experiences and they encountered all these positive uh, entities in the home. They also started feeling some really negative um, energy in the home as well. Mm-hmm. And this is where things just get straight frightening. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it gets wild. But before we get into some of the darker aspects of this haunting, We'd like to thank our last sponsors for today. So the longer the Perrin family lived in this farmhouse, the more experiences they had with darker forces. The family had actually alleged that most mornings at 5.15 a.m., spirits who smelled of rotting flesh would visit Ew. the family. Can you imagine waking up and smelling like... It's I don't, supposed I mean, to be I don't such even a know what rotting smell. flesh smells like, but yeah, I can only say. imagine it's enough to wake you up, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure it's disgusting. I've heard it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But not only that, they would, it would, these forces would come and actually lift up their beds. The girls actually recall memories of their beds levitating. That's wild. That's just crazy to think about. And that that would even be possible. But mm-hmm. they would and then they would like be tossed aside off of them and, and everything like that. Then sometimes the girls would actually have their limbs pulled. Oh my god, I'd be so out of there if this was happening to my kids. Are you fucking kidding me? This is so crazy. And I and I think the reason why is like I think everybody kind of was having their own experiences and they didn't really know what to do at first. And the mother especially communicating them. Right, exactly. And the mother was having really intense experiences, which we'll talk about. So I think the the sisters are kind of maybe talking amongst each other, but not really knowing what to do. Mm. Um 
And not only that, one of the big things was like banging doors and doors opening and closing and things like that um, on their own. That was happening all the time. And then they would hear like voices, like cries, children crying and just like, that's just so creepy. I can't even, that that would probably probably scare me quite a bit if I woke up and and smelled something horrible Mm -hmm. and then heard a kid crying in my house. If there was not a baby in your house and you heard a baby crying, like across the house. Imagine if that happened in the middle of our night. Oh my God. Oh my God. That scares me just thinking about it. I would probably just like freak out, jump out of bed. There's no doubt we would move the fuck out of a house that was like this. Oh, you man. and I, we'd be like, yeah. oh my God, we'd be on it immediately. We'd be like, call a real estate agent. I'll live fuck anywhere out here. but here. <laughs> so scary. But I mean, to their credit, this was a big move. It was an expensive Put house. Put all their money into it. Yeah, yeah. It was a, you, and, and also mm-hmm. this was a period of time when during, I think it was the Nixon administration was when they lived there. And so the economy was not doing so well and it was really tough to like sell. Who's going to come buy a 200 acre farm right mm-hmm. at that period of time when the economy's not great and stuff. Like it's hard to get out of a place like that. That's it's at true. least what they say. So mm-hmm. they just kind of had to deal with this stuff like on the regular basis. Yeah. And like one of the girls would like one time pointed into uh, like one of the parlor room or something or a closet and was like something bad happened in there. Like they're all having these like experiences all the time and just crazy shit happening. You can just sense it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really freaky. But what's one of the most frightening things um, that Andrea actually said was that she won't actually she won't even talk about this in detail to this day because it's so disturbing to her. Mm-hmm. And she said that there was this male entity, mm-hmm. as a, I guess you would say, evil entity that lived in the house. And she said, let's just say there was a very bad male spirit in the home with five little girls. I mean, that's so freaky. And of course she doesn't want to talk about it. I mean, to her, it's like trauma. I mean, it's like as it, it could be as if it really that. happened. Oh my God. Oh, I know. I literally just got chills down my spine thinking about that for a I second. Know. Cause I'm just like, that's so creepy. That's so disturbing to think that spirits can have physical, can do physical harm to you is what it seems like. Maybe. Um, I mean, it hasn't been proven by any means, but no, no. It's but there's a lot of people scary. that have experienced. I'm just saying there's a lot of people that report feeling touched, oh, like yeah. feeling physical touch yeah. from these spirits. We've and, talked about like yeah. ghost sex before. Yeah, exactly. That's an actual yeah. thing. It is a thing. It's and very curious to me. But it's like she doesn't even want to talk mm-hmm. about it because it's so yeah. disturbing what this entity. I mean, I know. believe it. I mean, she talks about everything else and she seems like a really open person. Why wouldn't she talk about it? It's clearly like traumatized her in a serious way. Mm-hmm. Why would you make that up? Mm-hmm. And I think it's corroborated by the other sisters, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. But the most infamous spirit in this entire house was potentially someone named Bathsheba Sherman. And she's was brought, you know, really into popularity and or not popular. That's the wrong word, but really brought to everybody's attention through the movie, The Conjuring brought to light and <laughs> brought to light literally because um, the Conjuring movie is is really um, based around Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. She's really the kind of main, I guess, villain is what you would say. But she is a witch in, in the film and she has a really fucked up history, basically. Mm hmm. But Bathsheba is actually a real person. It's not just a character in the movie. Um, she was an actual person that lives lived in Rhode Island in um, 1812. And in her early 30s, she married Judson Sherman. And she gave birth to at least one known son named Herman. 
And both Sheba and Judson are believed to have had three other children all dying at a very young age. So there's, which is weird and mm -hmm. kind of creepy, especially when you hear what happens next. But there's a, it's hard with some of this really old stuff because there's not a ton of like concrete proof that these things happened to her. Like mm -hmm. there's records of things, but you know, there's nothing that I have seen myself that I could verify mm -hmm. any of this. So yeah, a lot of it's really a lot old. of it. You have to take you know, the people mm -hmm. that research this, their word. And I mean, with the other three children dying too, children did die extremely easily, especially mm -hmm. if the parents have like bad genetics or, I mean, not bad genetics, but like are passing along some type of disease I didn't even know back then or they were susceptible to some type of, I don't know, who knows what happened to them, but it was pretty common for kids to die. It doesn't necessarily mean that like yeah, yeah. she did anything. Right, right. Of course, that's what, yeah, it, pl it, it plays into this this narrative of, of what we believe happened with Bathsheba. So the Shermans were living good lives, but it took a drastic turn when an infant died in Bathsheba's care. And this is what I was saying is like, it's kind of sketchy around this story mm -hmm. because we don't really know for sure if who this child was. Um, we have no idea. Right. And if this child really died the way that um, they say it did. But a child died and it was caused by an impalement at the base of the skull. I and mean, this injury was most likely caused by a large gauze sewing needle. And she was actually, you know, put on trial for this. And I believe they dismissed it actually so. But she was responsible. She, by everybody in the town, she was responsible for this infant's death. But she was also referred to as like a witch. And like there were so many witch hunts around this time. That right. Like those trials were bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's hard to believe anything about her. Like it's, it makes me nervous. And, and they made totally. such a thing out totally. of it in The Conjuring. That's where totally. really the controversy has come in is about her. And you know? the Warrens. The Warrens right. were literally the ones who deemed her a witch. Mm -hmm. We don't know if she was a witch at all. Yeah, I mean, they're very anti, you know, sacrilegious type right, things. Right, right. So Coming from a Catholic a bias faith. on her? That's a great point. Is she being judged? Are these, did she even have a fair trial? Probably fucking not. Well, I think, I don't even think she ever went through a whole trial. They like ended up like dismissing it or something it's before. Like barely anything but there's little this. proof about it. So you can't yeah. even go look it up really. But they really latched onto this whole story for The Conjuring. Yeah, and, we'll, and I'll explain why in a minute why the Warrens believed this narrative about Bathsheba and of her being a wit, you know, practicing witchcraft and mm -hmm. potentially sacrificing this child to the devil. It's a really gross way to kill an infant. Yeah. Like, I just it's hate very that. Disturbing. Ugh, I hate yeah. thinking about that. I've never even thought about that before. But like I said, her case got just dismissed. There wasn't enough evidence. And she ended up like living to a, a really a ripe old age, I think like 70 something. Mm -hmm. So she lived out her life and everything. And mm -hmm. you, they actually, you can go see her tombstone and stuff. She was buried in a, a Baptist cemetery, I think is what it was. And somebody said, well, if she was really con yeah. this witch that mm -hmm. killed an infant, why would they put her in a Baptist cemetery? You know, yeah, that's so true. It's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. And there is this picture actually of we think is Bathsheba and her at the farm. She's got a nice hairdo. Yeah, she was pretty. I mean, she was known as being very beautiful back mm -hmm. then. So like we said, we don't really know if she really killed this child or not. But the rumors around town and things like that was that she was a witch and that she was doing these you know, evil acts. And she was this really dark individual that worshipped the devil or gave her soul to the devil. And the way that the story goes is that she made a deal with the devil and after she eventually committed suicide by hanging, which is probably not true, 
she you know her body turned to stone was kind of the the way that it goes and she because she made a pact with the devil and everything so i don't know it's it's interesting again there's no evidence to back any of that up but that was really like put forward by the warrens when they got involved with this but nevertheless this evil spirit known as Bathsheba was very real to the Perrin family and andrea Perrin has suggested that basically she carried this pain of this child and everything throughout her life and by the time that she died she was just you know this completely bitter person that was just full of rage and what she did in this life carried over into the next and just like wanted everybody else to suffer like she suffered i guess for the rest of her life and so they believe that she was responsible for doing a lot of the haunting activity in the house, like moving the children's toys around, making things disappear. But the most interesting thing about Bathsheba is they think that she was like infatuated and really interested in Roger. the father, Roger, mm-hmm. and also in, you know, in turn hated the mother because right. she was with the father and she wanted to be like the only mistress of the house. the house. Right. Yeah. And this is really interesting. Out. Yeah. It so really the father like only experienced positivity in this, in the. With Bathsheba. I, yeah. I guess when it comes to that. And like, of course he wasn't having the creepy guy that the girls were dealing with. So mm-hmm. I don't know what his, how far his paranormal experiences went. It seems like the women in the house definitely were dealing with the most. Yeah. But he got, you know, pretty much attention from this spirit and was like caressed and. Yeah, like touched to, in, in a sensual way. Yeah, like which is really like weird. And, into it. Mm-hmm. But the mom, the mom Carolyn, got tormented by the Sheba oh man. Oh my gosh, really bad, scary stuff. It just completely took a toll on her. And there's one particular event that happened that really kind of correlates Bathsheba with Carolyn and how that connection was made. And it was when she felt a sharp prick in the back of her leg. And when she looked down, she saw blood coming from a small circular hole in her leg, like as if a needle had been put into it. And there's this really interesting clip of Andrea talking about this this story. And when my mother had a needle plunged into the back of her calf while she was laying reading a book on the sofa one night, or perhaps maybe what turned the worm was the night that every spirit in that house completely circled the bottom of her bed and had burning torches in the room. And she had backed up to the headboard because the one came out of the group and got in her face and said, we'll drive ye out with fiery broom, we'll drive ye out with death and gloom, and chanted an entire, it was like dark, beautiful poetry. That's crazy, isn't it? Like, I'm surprised she didn't impale her like in the back of the neck. They're lucky that she just did her leg. Like, what's the point of that? Yeah, yeah. As a spirit, like why get, would you do that? I don't get your attention in a subtle way. Not uh, trying to subtle. Like, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that they could do painful. it anywhere. God, I'd be so out of this house by now. I'd be like, we're moving. Period. Like, figure this out. I'll go live in a box. Seriously, though, I'm sure they could sell that thing for something and downgrade. How many bedrooms do but they, they have? They don't a, need 14. Yeah, that's they're true. sharing bedrooms. What the hell? I'd be so out of this house so quick. I don't understand. I know. I do understand, but I don't, you know? Yeah. It's just like, I can't imagine just staying there, Mm -hmm. especially after you're starting to get physically attacked. No way. Or what about when she's backed up in her bed and there's a... Yeah. What the hell? Spirits all around her. Oh, I'd be so out of this house. I'd be like, there's no way. Torches. 
No, 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 no. Like standing at the I foot of your bed. I can't believe they stayed torches. there so long. They stayed 10 years by the end. Yeah. We'll explain how they end up leaving and everything, but they stayed there a long time. They put up with this shit way longer than I would have. It's honestly impressive. That it they were really just like, is. all it these really hauntings and these families that stay in these houses, you're always like, why did you stay? Like you guys put up with a lot of shit for a long time, like bad stuff. Yeah. Just, it's interesting that people stay for so long. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it gets harder and harder the more you hear about this to, to believe like we just couldn't because of the economy or something like that. You know, yeah. it, it begins because it's just like, really? Like for this is 10 years. You wouldn't be willing to like take a loss to yeah. get out of the house even. Yeah, the just girls are being tormented. The mom's being physically the tortured mom's being, and stabbed in the leg. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, it does make you kind of question their story because you're like, why, why would anyone stay through this? I don't care what kind of sweet deal you got in the house or what your finances look like. How can it be worth being tormented and especially physically tortured? In your home, in mm-hmm. your home, mm-hmm. like anyone would move. That's you, what you my think, thing is with these paranormal stories. That, every though. time, I'm like, "Why did you guys stay so long?" I, I think it's harder than than you're realizing for a lot of people to move. No, I know, but like this isn't a poor family. This family has a 14 right but bedroom it's old, house it's on old. 200 acres. But still, they've got to have some money in that. I think they put they. She answered this question because she's like, no, "This I know. is the most did. common question I get." Is like, "Why would you guys endure this and not move out?" Well, she said five months in, they started thinking about wanting to move out. But at five months in, the economy had already crashed. Yeah. But it doesn't explain. She doesn't explain why they stayed for an additional for ten years. The economy wasn't crashed for ten years. Like this was in this seventy one. They moved in. Mm-hmm. So like. I don't know. Just, oh my gosh. That's a lot of shit to put up with to like, it just, I'm, I don't get why you would stay. I'm not downing it. And I, I really think, I don't know. I get pretty good vibes from Andrea. Like yeah, I don't yeah. think she's making everything up. I'm just in very curious about why anyone would choose to stay in a house where they're being stabbed in the leg by a little thing and well, surrounded by yeah. pitchforks and people saying, we're going to drive you out like at night. Like who is just like, all right, I'll stay. Well, I think this is fine. Yeah. I, like, I think what? the argument could be, they aren't saying that this is happening every day. So if you think about over the course of 10 years, the actual amount of activity mm. could may or may not have been a daily, uh, like daily occurrence where you're completely freaked out. You also think like, once you experience something, the second time it's not as bad. And I think you kind of get used to it. And I think they kind of built a resistance to it in a way over time. And I think they, and another thing that is true is they got spiritual about it too. And they started getting spiritual about because of Ed and Lorraine, what was really right. Cause Ed and Lorraine came and they actually heard about it from one of the parents, friends connected Lorraine and Ed with, with them and they came out and were like, hey, we want to look into this. This sounds insane. Let's investigate it ourselves. And it was actually Lorraine Warren who actually made the connection of Bathsheba and Carolyn because of the needle like wound in the back. She's like, oh, she's like there in her background, mm-hmm. she has the infant with the needle, the needle. could be yeah. the same entity. And we know for a fact that Bathsheba lived there, you know, and I believe Lorraine said she was a witch and, and practiced witchcraft. So mm-hmm. that would make sense why the, that she would tie the two together. Mm. And I think, you know, they came in and did a year and a half long investigation there. They, which 
consisted of a lot of a lot of experiences that they had in the house. I think longer than that, actually. Was it longer than that? Unless they just came in at the very end. I think, I mean, they were there for 10 years, so. It was like a year and a half. I don't know exactly where that year and a half lies in the 10 years. I think it's, I don't, it wasn't, they were in it for a while before the I mean, they were busy with their other 4,000 cases they have done, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They had to get, they had to get to it at some point. But they came and they offered help. And a lot of people have, have attested that Ed and Lorraine Warren have helped them and helped, mm -hmm. you know, get rid of evil entities or demons uh, mm -hmm. that are infesting their homes or people, people, even possessions. Like there's a lot of skeptical people that think that they're just in it for, you know, the money and to sell a story and, and they weren't really there because they cared or that, you know, they were really actually doing anything at all. Well, but. the family wasn't super into them, right? They ended up deciding really, like eventually they came to them with a deal, a big deal and a bunch of money. Well, I think they were definitely like and kind of like skeptical of down. them for sure. Because mm -hmm. I think I think everybody naturally is just a little skeptical of paranormal mm -hmm. investigators mm -hmm. because you just don't really know. You know, it's not, especially mm -hmm. if you have a scientific based mind, it can be yeah, hard. It's not to, like you can go get a degree in this. It's like anyone totally. can claim that they understand something and you don't really have any like proof or like way of measuring their knowledge or intelligence or background or they're clairvoyant or, even or, yeah like how do you how can you believe completely you know um but i think the family overall just didn't have that great of an experience with them because they said that it actually working with them made things worse in the house yeah so they weren't they weren't really religious or catholic for sure and ed and lorraine warren are catholic and they mm -hmm. have priests that do you know exorcisms and, mm -hmm. and things like that so after the Warrens conducted their investigation or whatever, they determined that the house was infect, infected essentially with demons infected. is what they determined, that these evil entities mm. were demonic forces and that the family was in, in trouble or in danger of being possessed by Bathsheba. But does something have to be demonic in order to be a dark force or a dark energy? You well, know? yeah. Well, and that's even what Andrea said is like, I'm still not sure what a demon is. Yeah. Cause we don't, none of us know exactly what a demon, a demon right. is just a, a human word that we've attached to a yeah. potential, you know, a mythological mm -hmm. creature in a sense. We could have it completely wrong. You'd be completely wrong. It, and, and demon is really attached to the church. That's something that the church created right. demonology. Mm -hmm. And cause demons go back to Satan and the devil and mm -hmm. hell and all that, you know, God's got his angels and Satan's got his demons, you know, yeah. like that's, that's kind of how it is. So if you're religious and especially Catholic, then that's something you really do believe in. And you believe that humans can be possessed by these demonic forces. Like that's, that's what I believed for a long time. I believe that demons oh, yeah. can possess you. I was we terrified so of that. so scared of demons when we first got together. Oh my God. Yeah, I was. I'm surprised I you got over was. it. Cause like you haven't had any issues with that in the last couple of years. It took a long, it took, it took a while. It took so, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> like a while. It took a while. <laughs> <laughs> it took a while to get over this fear of demonic forces. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're taught as a kid that it's real, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I was taught that hell it. is a real thing at like age five. Mm -hmm. okay, I believe that there is a heaven and a hell, and and there might be. There's a bunch I mean, of demons running around, and that demons were everywhere and could yeah, that's scary. Could tempt me. They could be in my room at night. It's freaky. So yeah, the Warrens deem the house to be infested with demons. And normally what they would do is an exorcism, 
But because the family wasn't Catholic, they weren't able to do that. Because in order to do an exorcism, you have to get permission from you know higher people in the church in order to oh, do that. So, so they wouldn't grant them that blessing. Right, and you have to have a priest come in and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing an exorcism, which in a lot of which is such an interesting topic and something I'd love to dive into sometime because mm-hmm. there is like video of people being you know exercised or whatever, and you're like, whoa, what the fuck is going so on? I'm so skeptical about like that. Like pulling stuff. pulling spirits or demons out of people. That's really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really hard to believe if you don't believe that demons are real or you bl- don't believe in evil spirits or anything like that. Which could I could somebody be possessed by another? I think it's possible. Evil entity. I think it's possible. I'm just saying I'm skeptical too, yeah. about the majority of the content that's out there regarding right, that. Right, you know? right. So the Warrens decide instead of doing a exorcism, they're going to attempt a seance with Carolyn in the cellar of the basement, which sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Not at all. Go downstairs in the dark in the cellar. and <laughs> With the woman that they're pissed at. <laughs> yeah, with Carolyn and try to call Yikes. forth whatever this evil entity is. And you got to hear this experience this is just crazy there was a seance that happened when the warrens were in the house with you Mm. what happened during that seance it was far more intense than anything that they could have portrayed on film Um, it did not happen in the cellar it happened in the dining room and i knew from that moment i was never one to believe in demons i knew evil existed but uh and i still don't know exactly what a demon is but i will tell you that they brought a priest and a medium with them to the house a full technical crew that were trying to film this event mm-hmm. and um, they inadvertently opened a door that they could not close the medium invited the spirits in and with them came something which attacked my mother um, I don't if she was possessed it was for a brief period of time but I saw it all with my own eyes and what I know is that whatever attacked her was not of this world. It spoke through her in a language that does not exist on this planet. And it levitated her in the chair that she was in. And within a split second, when it was done curling her body into a ball, you would have expected to hear bones breaking. It threw her into the adjacent parlor about 20 feet away in literally a split second. You saw this. How old were you? I, 15. 15 years old. Documented yeah. in the Warren files mm. as well. There were several people who saw this yes. all happen. What happened in the house after that night? Did things get worse? Whatever was allowed in that night subdued the spirits. They were very, very quiet for a long time afterwards, several months. And my mother kept wasting away. You saw the photograph of her in front of the um, fireplace. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was just so frail. My mother moved in there as, you know, a model material woman, just strikingly beautiful. And she just literally wasted away. She lost so much weight. She changed inexorably in ways that were shocking. And then one night she came out into the parlor and the dining room had been shut down for the night, but she heard voices and she turned and she saw an entire family having dinner in the dining room at a table that was not our own. Uh, A woman was cooking in front of a fireplace that had been sealed shut for more than a 100 years. She told her children to go take their seats on the benches at the table. And two men were sitting on the other side. She was there and they were here. And one of them looked into the parlor and made eye contact with my mother and then nudged the man beside him and pointed her out and she was the ghost. Wow. 
Wow. That's when she understood that we were living in a portal cleverly disguised as a farmhouse. And that's when she fought her way back to us. So that was Andrea talking about some of the wild experiences. Watching experience the thing. seance. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Like seances are such a interesting thing and something I definitely want to experience in my life. Um, You're so weird. I just want to, I want to know because I've seen too many movies now where <laughs> these things that. are insane. And, no way. Uh, but it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a negative thing to call mm-hmm. for spirits. But in this particular case, mm-hmm. holy shit, dude, they, something really evil came forth and. So it's like was, a full on exorcism of Emily Rose type situation. <laughs> like, it just worse. went really bad. It was worse because this was an so, extremely angry. Can I ask something? Entity. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's it's so hard because this seems like such an extreme experience to have. And it's hard to believe extreme experiences that people have. Like things like this that are so out of the norm from what anyone else experiences. Like it's hard to believe it because I've never seen this mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to believe what you don't see. At least it is for me. I know it's not for some people. but Seeing I've, isn't believing. <laughs> I, I understand that. But I do have trouble with this because I want to know in today's age of social media when we're filming everything and now TikTok is a huge app. Why is there no TikToks of this type of shit happening? Why is there no paranormal stuff ever caught on camera? All these stories are so old. And I'm curious, like, why isn't this happening now and like being filmed and captured in this modern age where we're capturing everything and seeing everything like why do you never see this? It's always like old stories and old encou- encounters that you can't like completely verify. Yeah, it's a really, really good point. I'd love to just believe the yeah. whole story and believe her. I, I like get good vibes from her, but that's just, it's so extreme. It's hard for me to like fully wrap my head around something like that. Cause I've never seen this actually happen and verified. And well, it's going to be hard to believe a hundred percent unless you can see Right. right. And you can like, why don't so we see much. it? Because yeah. we should be seeing well, they it everywhere. Said there was a technical crew there. They filmed it. They supposedly filmed it and it's in the Warren files, I believe. Hmm. So the Warrens have the Warrens do have a lot of footage and we know this because there have been people that have seen footage of events that they have, they've been in mm-hmm. just like this. And from what I know and from what I've seen, there is some interesting footage that I'm just like, what the hell's going on there? Like, this how come is this doesn't happen in the right. age of like TV shows point. and right. YouTubers being paranormal investigators and stuff? Why are well, we seeing people spinning around and like exorcisms well, like this that I actually, why don't we see this type of thing? Well, a, a lot, again, it comes back to the age of these places. So many places are, are new, newer and but less people like, live in old houses in this day. That's true. That's true. Not yeah. everyone lives in a new house. That's true. I don't, that's a good point. I mean, I don't, either people just aren't, aren't filming it or aren't I don't believe that people are filming everything nowadays, everything, I any mean, chance to go viral, people will try. So like, but they're also not trained to do it. Like if this is happening to an individual, a lot of people don't know what to do in that situation. So that's so Ed why and Lorraine are the only people. No, no, no. Capable. Well, that's why there's ghost hunters and ghost adventures. And, and all why, these, why aren't they capturing they are stuff capturing this stuff. crazy? Because they're not doing full on, they're not doing full on seances usually with this, with this type of situation. Be good for content. They should try. <laughs> you would think, right? If someone was at, had someone spinning around, I'd be watching their YouTube channel. I'd be checking it out. And I it think this is like, I'm, I don't know. Well, it's also, it. it's also too, like, Skeptical. we don't have the technology still. Like, I think a lot of it comes from a technological perspective. We are still developing. We don't even know how the paranormal world works. So how are you supposed to capture it? A lot of it can't even be captured on a standard camera. 
you can't even use just a cell phone to capture a lot of like ghostly encounters because they don't show up at all. But if someone's like spinning around and being physically affected, someone that's in the real physical world, right? why well, wouldn't you be able to capture that on a cell phone or a well, camcorder? You, you have to, again, it comes back to what you believe in. And the way that these things work is that you have to, you have to basically know how to piss the spirit off a certain way and know what mm. to say. Because it's interesting that in the clip she said, my mother was possessed for, you know, a moment or whatever. It was a short amount of time, but the words that were coming out of her mouth were of an archaic language that isn't spoken on this planet. So if you think about that for a, spec for a second, you have to think, well, okay, what does that mean exactly? If that's true, what does that mean? If it's some archaic unknown language, well, that means there's probably, it's probably the entity is not human, right? You have to also discern too. There's inhuman and human and mm -hmm. spirits. Mm -hmm. And what she said is this was something inhuman from some dark place. You know, I'm not gonna say hell because I don't know if hell exists or not. But some there's a there's a positive dark other side and a, and a dark side clearly. And the balance of the universe, how the yin yang works. Yeah, or, or it's like <laughs> another dimension that's full of evil mm -hmm. entities or something. It's I think it's just so far beyond our knowledge completely and, and i think it's interesting because i do think the catholic church does have some information about this that the rest of us don't i do mm -hmm. believe that they do know somewhat of what they're talking about mm -hmm. in a sense mm -hmm. do i think necessarily the ways they fix try to fix these situations are right no mm -hmm. not necessarily but i do think they they've been at this a long time like you go back look at catholic history it goes back so far and there's mm -hmm. been so many of these types of things that have happened and mm -hmm. you know you got to think there's a reason that they have a demonologist priest like really they're going to devote all this time and have all this research and stuff just on some completely made up thing maybe well, a lot of the religion is based on fear so it's maybe, a huge element right. of like how it works maybe but i also think there is a possibility you know especially someone being a demon believer before but i think there's some truth to Mm -hmm. religious some religious oh i do too organizations do want do are keen you know tuned into the paranormal mm -hmm. and and do look at it and mm -hmm. attempt to try to explain it maybe they're just explaining it wrong like giving it a wrong name by saying it's a demon well yeah i'm skeptical of any group or organization or person who tries to claim they really understand they really this know. fully yeah, because totally. no one does yeah exactly that's like, what i don't I'm think us as humans are meant to understand this whole world completely no we're not capable right no. now clearly mm -hmm. and not i think in this form yeah exactly and that's why i think a lot of it comes back to a we don't know what we're dealing with we don't know how to actually communicate with it maybe these priests and you know they have it figured out or have some way to at least piss it off to a point mm -hmm. where they can get some reaction out of it. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we just don't know. Right. And they are very secret. The The Catholic church is very, very secret about these mm -hmm. things and it's all locked away in files and there's video, like you, there's some video of exorcism. We'll have to look at some sometime and see what you think. But it, mm -hmm. it's, it's very weird. It's very, I don't know. Maybe we should have an episode on exorcism. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I'd love to really dive in, do a deep dive on Let that. Let us know what you guys think. Yeah, because it's, it's really really crazy but lorraine warren actually she she actually died recently and up until this point when the conjuring came out uh, five or six years ago she said that to this day their farmhouse was so traumatizing that she's been quoted saying the things that went on there were just so incredibly frightening it still affects me to talk about it today 
I can imagine. I mean, how scary it would be. She said it was like their most insane case, like just craziest, yeah. scariest situation ever. And like you had mentioned earlier, the Perrin family believes that the Warrens did not solve anything that mm-hmm. day, but instead made it worse mm-hmm. and pissed something off in that house. Yeah. Which I think especially when you try to come in in a religious sense, it can piss off the spirits. Right. And that's what's they, so interesting. Maybe it like, annoys them that you think you have a way to understand them or have a way to beat them. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, who what the fuck are you? You can't like beat us with your holy water and your yeah. whatever they do. Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting because there is a lot of I totally inflamed it. There's a lot of paranormal investigators that take the Ed and Lorraine Warren approach to things and mm-hmm. kind of take the more religious side of, mm-hmm. of explanation for it. But I'm interested if there's any paranormal investigators looking at it from a very like, you can't really look at it from a scientific perspective, no. but you could look at it from more of a neutral mm-hmm. non-religious perspective of just mm-hmm. like energies and forces. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, like I said in, in our uh, consciousness episode that I believe that, you know, dark and light have to, to coexist for there to be life at all and reality at all. So mm-hmm. there is clearly this dark evil side of things. Evil does exist. You believe evil exists course do you think that we could ever be in a world where evil doesn't exist no i don't some people some people think it's possible that you can and i'm just like i don't think it can i think that's how karma works karma good karma wouldn't exist without bad karma exactly just creates a balance exactly without it there's no balance it's just one one thing Mm -hmm. so i don't know it's really interesting but this last clip i wanted to show you is just of carolyn the mother who really took the brunt of this yeah um paranormal torture and they did not like her no it was not a a good experience at all that's why i'm just so surprised she stayed there for so long because what she went through was so brutal i know especially when you hear her talk about her how she is now like Uh years later after living through this experience it's really crazy affects her reflecting about it after it was over i didn't feel that Spirits were really capable capable of doing physical harm to you, but I was wrong about that. I was wrong about that. There was real danger there. Yeah, I believe her. You believe her? I believe her. You can tell there's real fear in her voice. Oh, yeah. I believe, I believe this experience happened. In the way that they described it? I don't know. Like, the seance with Ed and Lorraine, the details of that are the only thing I'm like, eh. Maybe I don't know. It was thirty years ago when it happened for for Andrea from when she wrote the book. So mm-hmm. like people have said like, how can you remember that far and everything? And she says, well, but I don't know. That's the part I'm like a little skeptical with. Yeah, the, which the, is understandable. This over like the most extreme details, I tend to be skeptical of. I I believe that the truth is somewhere in the story. Yeah, yeah. But like, do I believe every single detail? I don't well, know. It's, it's, I feel like it it's makes it harder. Skepticism. It is. And I think it makes it harder to know that Ed and Lorraine Warren went in there, investigated this, and then went to the Hollywood essentially and right. sold the story to mm-hmm. Hollywood. And, it's and now it's turned into thing. a multi million dollar right. franchise. Mm-hmm. All these movies have Annabelle, The Conjuring series, all mm-hmm. these Warren cases are just perfect for, for horror movies. It's like, yeah. it's really convenient. So it's hard to say, well, okay, it's loosely based off of these true events of their their cases that they investigated, but it's also like, 
they did benefit financially a lot off of off of doing this. And it's like when you're dealing with LA and Hollywood producers and stuff, they always want the most extreme thing. They want right. like a story and a scary element. Like a witch is a perfect element to add to totally. the story to like really play that up and make that the and they Hollywood storyline. You see line. the picture of Bathsheba in the movie? Yeah, <laughs> it's like the freakiest part of it, which yeah. who even knows if that's if she's actually a spirit in that house. We don't know for sure. No. The poking on the leg is pretty much the only thing that like points to her. To Bathsheba. And that was the other interesting thing that I wanted to mention was that Andrea said they aren't even totally sure if the spirit that was, you know, the most evil one in the house was even Bathsheba at all. Because yeah. they also reported this uh spirit that the way that they described how she looked was like this really old woman and she had like stick arms and like Oof. a beehive head a really creepy Eww. nasty looking Oof, yeah yeah it's a really freaky. nasty looking individual Why and are old women so creepy in like when they're ghosts and stuff I know. like that's like, like characters that are old and it's teeth. like freaky yeah. looking <laughs> well the, and then they said and even, our children true and, true like, ghostly children and stuff yeah that's scary too well in the movie the boy spirit is like i believe in there if yeah. i remember right but yeah is he scary in the mm-hmm. movie yeah of course there's a played that up yeah there was no good spirits in it <laughs> so it's like back to my point when you're trying to sell to hollywood obviously you want like a bunch of really exciting things and the most intriguing parts and there definitely could have been exaggerating going on that's mm-hmm. really what i'm saying mm-hmm. i don't think the whole thing was made up by any means right so after they secured a movie deal and book deal and everything they actually went to the parent family and asked them if they wanted you know to be to get a cut of it and stuff mm-hmm. and apparently they said no they were like yeah. absolutely not they don't want to be involved with that at all yeah they seemed irritated with it mm-hmm. a little bit yeah like i don't think they're being fully transparent about how they really feel about the warrants just because so many people are fans of them mm-hmm. but well, it doesn't really seem like they helped them that much either. No, and then they didn't want to work with them. It's not like they had a great relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't they want to make a bunch of money? I think it really speaks to Andrea and her telling of the story. And she has all these books. Like, I believe what she says a lot more. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, and she did write a bunch of books and, and talk to, has a, I want to read them at some point because I'm sure it's super interesting. Because ah. they said that there's a ton of stuff that we don't even know yet that is only in the books and things right. they haven't even said, period. Yeah. And the real stories in the mm-hmm, books, apparently. Mm-hmm. And that the movie even was like a toned down version of what happened, which yeah. is crazy to think about because The Conjuring is such a wild movie. Well, like, I think a lot of the stuff in The Conjuring, too, is like no, so overstretched. Somewhat, but I think a lot of it is pretty dead on. Like, at least according to Lorraine, she was a consultant on the film. And she was there a year and a half in the house and what she but experienced. But what I'm saying so. is I'm skeptical of them selling because like at the end of the day, they had to get that deal done. Yeah. That might come with, okay, this is ex- this is part of the story. This is part of oh, the story. Yeah. This oh, yeah. is part of the story. Like, Well, in the, in the film, they do an exorcism and not a seance. Yeah. There's okay. a lot. There's a lot of things they do in the film that didn't happen in real life for sure. So yeah, I think you got to have a healthy bit of skepticism for sure. But after the Perrin family finally moved out a decade later, a woman named Norma Sutcliffe moved in to their home. Mm-hmm. And she actually eventually became friends with the Perrin family. Mm-hmm. And she said that she had a host of different paranormal experiences while living in the old farmhouse. From wall shaking to orb sightings to doors closing. Nothing like as insane as the parents, But the fact that they did have paranormal experiences in the home is 
is, I don't know. I think it's kind of proof that it seems like this place is haunted. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I fully believe that that place is haunted. It makes sense. I don't believe that places can't be haunted. I don't want to give the wrong image with my skepticism. I'm just. It's the extreme yes. events that happen as a result right. of the haunting that you're skeptical about. Right. Where people are like, this happened to me. I levitate. Right. The bed levitated. I was yeah. thrown around off the bed. Yeah. yeah. I want to see that on TikTok before I just believe that, you know? <laughs> hey, that's that's pretty fair. But as far as what Norma has said about living in the home to Andrea and others is that she never had like an experience with an evil entity in the home. Nothing that showed all of this wickedness that the parent family did, which, which is interesting to think about considering that things got worse after the Warrens were there and they, you know, awoke some sort of evil in there. It's very weird that after the family moved out, that that seemed to kind of go dormant almost like the evil activity uh, just stopped. And actually, Norma recently sold The Conjuring House in June 2019 to Corey and Jennifer Heinzen. And these new homeowners have actually said that they've already started having some small unexplained phenomena happening in the house after moving in, like doors opening and lights flickering, which I think is probably the most common a house is haunted thing, right? The doors closing and opening yeah. on their own, slamming or lights flickering. Or drawers. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then that's very believable. So clearly, mm -hmm. clearly the house has some unexplained phenomena happening into mm -hmm. it. But is it, you know, this evil entity, Bathsheba, the witch, or is it, you know, demons? What is it? What's the extent of it mm -hmm. that happens here? So there's obviously a lot more details and experiences that the Perrin family had. And if you're interested in, in knowing more about what they, what happened to them, like we said, Andrea wrote a trilogy of books about uh, the family's experiences from all the different family members' perspectives. And I think they are even working on, a, on their own movie as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that ever got finished up or not, but yeah. there is a trailer for it on YouTube. But it's a really crazy story. It's definitely one of the most frightening and just elaborate paranormal experiences I've ever heard. Well, yeah, I mean, it's over a long period of time, too. Ten years is a lot of time for this family to go through that. And there was a lot of members in their family. Yeah, yeah. The fact that all of them had these experiences is really profound. And, yeah. yeah, it's, it's really crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where will we ever know the complete truth? Will we ever know for sure what happened in their, you know, house? Probably not. I think, you know, this just kind of gets carried on over time and, maybe down the road another homeowner will have a similar experience but it's interesting that once they moved out things kind of settled down a bit there's still mm -hmm. activity happening but there's not this evil lurking about which is they interesting seem to really have a beef with this family Carolyn especially I mean, Carolyn, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's curious it definitely makes the idea of it being a woman and mm -hmm. especially the fact that the spirit seemed to be lusting after roger mm -hmm. i mean it definitely makes you think it's probably a woman spirit mm -hmm. that was really like controlling yeah. what was going on in that house definitely and it just had a really this whole experience as a whole had a huge effect on the family and especially mm -hmm. carolyn completely just broke her down over time yeah. i mean to endure that for so long is just i can't even imagine it's but crazy. this didn't even stop for them like they finally moved away from the house and andrea talked about how she was actually one of the family members that didn't want to move like they were kind of split in half and some of them wanted to like stay at the house and i think they kind of felt like really attached to the whole situation because it becomes such a big part of their lives totally and, like, and i you think know? you do sort of like get used to it and you feel like connected yeah. to it in a sense yeah and maybe they didn't want to give it up maybe they thought this house could be worth something one day maybe ed and lorraine were already telling them like there's could be money in this yeah, one day yeah totally but they ended up making the decision to move because 
Carolyn was just like, I can't be here anymore. Mm -hmm. It's going to kill me. Literally. Yeah. She literally said, if mm -hmm. I spend one more uh, winter here or something, I'm it's not going to make me. it. And so they moved. To... And what's crazy is the shit did not stop. If I were Carolyn, I finally moved into a new house after 10 years of this. And then it was still happening in my next house. I'd be so upset. But literally she was like doing laundry in the basement and all of a sudden this giant board like yeah. felt got pushed on top of her that could not have moved by yeah. itself. Well, this is interesting too. Back. She didn't even she didn't even mention this, but when the Conjuring movie came out, mm -hmm. um, Andrea went to the premiere. They were still involved with it to some extent, yeah. like they still went to the premiere and stuff. Yeah. But Carolyn was invited and stuff, but she literally like broke her hip mysteriously like right before. Oh. And then also I saw well, she's older. The it's actress that plays hip. Lorraine, mm -hmm. the actress that play, uh, plays Lorraine right before the movie pre premiered, she got like this crazy scratch on her in the middle of the night and she showed lorraine warren because she was consulting on the film and she's like look what happened to me and mm -hmm. she's like the dark entities are trying to scare you and intimidate you and stuff because they're aware they're aware that this is being made and stuff and they're not happy about it the idea of a spirit scratching you scares me so bad because i truly believe that that happened to me like, oh, I do too. I yeah. have a YouTube video talking about my only paranormal experience. I 100% believe that that was something paranormal for sure. And I'm so skeptical. So I know like. Well, there's no other way. No, it was like it, we ruled out everything. It was so weird. When it I'll never get over that. It had to have been some type of. It was a hand. Human was five or lines. animal. I didn't scratch me. you and it wasn't a cat. Yes. And my nails were really brittle at the time because I had just taken off acrylic nails like the day before. So there was no way I could make these scratches. I had blood. Three, five lines. No, five. Was it dude. five? Yes. Oh, so it was like a whole hand went down yeah. your chest. Yeah, and it couldn't have been a cat. It wasn't yeah. spaced out like a cat. Yeah. It was like the, the hand. And at first I was like, it's got to have been my hand. But it wasn't because my nails, like I tested it. So I scratched myself so hard trying to draw blood everywhere else and I couldn't because my nails were just like yeah. literally paper thin at the time. That's wild. And then I had that crazy experience where I actually saw something. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I swear it happened. I would not make this up. I'm not I, the type I of it because like, I, YouTuber that would just make this shit up yeah, for yeah, views. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was unlike me to even make a video about it. I almost just didn't even talk about it because it freaked me out so much. Yeah, But well, it happened to me for sure. And remember how weird it was that our animals would go into that corner and just like oh, yeah. look up into the corner. It was a I've weird never, time. I've never seen them do that since. Not no. in any other Lily house. Lily doesn't do that. Lily doesn't go up to the corner and just look up and stare and start We were in meowing. an apartment and in a new apartment. Bernie That's was, was doing so it too. Weird. Bernie would go and just like stare into I the corner. Chills. Yeah, it's so there was if definitely. If we remember to, I'll have Josh link the video in the description for this if you want to hear me talk about it. It was like two or three years ago I made the video. But well, I, I think it was, I don't think it was necessarily something evil. I think it was your grandfather's presence potentially that was there. I don't know though. Why would it his scratch shirt was me there. though? His shirt but was there. I know. To his get shirt your attention there. about something. But Someone that's the only thing that, that makes sense. But it was sense. on my chest. It was on my chest. Yeah. Like he was trying to get boobs. your attention then. Why would my grandpa scratch me on my chest? It's, I don't know. To this day, I'm always like, I don't know what the fuck that was. My grandpa's shirt was in there, but that doesn't mean it was him. No, uh, it, that's true. It is an apartment building. It's been around for a while. So who knows what's happened in these The spirit apartments. that I saw, the vision, the whatever I saw was light, though. It was like white was and light, bright though. and bluish. To me, that indicates some type of, of positive Pos spirit. Right. It wasn't like, like a shadow person. Why would they scratch me? And everyone who commented on that video was like, no, bitch. You got scratched. That means it was a negative spirit, period. There's mm. no way a positive spirit would scratch you. So I don't, I've never known. 
The, I'm, my heart is racing. I don't think right you now. will ever. If know. I think about it too hard, I get really freaked out. Like I hope I never experience this again. It was so. I you're gonna have. I hope you have an experience like this in your life, at least one moment, so you can like understand. It is so scary to like see something and be like trying yeah, to rub your eyes yeah. and, and it's not going away. Like, oh my god, it was the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. Yeah, it I've still never freaks had me out happen. talking about it. I hate talking about it. I'm sure it will freak me out if that ever happens to me. I'm like hoping it happens. I'm like, please. Feel how much I'm shaking right now. Oh my God. It's just like thinking about it like makes me, especially after hearing stories like this, I'm like, oh my God. I believe even more in it than I did back when it happened. So it's even more scary now thinking about it. Makes sense. It it was pretty freaky though. I, I was definitely low key freaked out about it too. Yeah. Because I tried to figure it out. I tried to come up with any other reason of what all that could have been. And Especially was, when our animals were acting yeah. so bizarre and strange. And that one corner just looked darker yeah. than the rest, I feel like. That one corner yeah. had just like a weird shadow to it that just didn't look right or feel right. Yeah. And it was, yeah, or it was on your side, wasn't it? It was on your side. Well, it was my side. Mm-hmm. There's course. a video of it of him <laughs> holding the cat up and she's like meowing. Yeah. <laughs> We'll link it. Below. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. But then but, I started using sage, and that's what really saved us. Yeah, yeah. I started saging because of that whole experience. Like open the window. And now I and sage, sage at least like every. I try to do at least every six months, if not more. Especially when you move into a new place. <laughs> yes, it's super important. I've been doing to do it that. pretty often here. Um. Yeah. It's. We haven't had any issues since. No. 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 I thought it we wasn't had some... for views. I swear. <laughs> I didn't get that many views anyway, but it was a real story. I was dead honest in that video. Yeah, it was, it was, I remember it was really crazy. Yeah. But you guys should let us know if you have any like crazy stories or yeah. anything. Let us know what you think of the paranormal. What do you think of the parent families yeah. haunting? Like mm-hmm. crazy or like, are they insane or did, could this have happened? And I don't know. There's a lot of cases like this. So yeah, seems like it could be possible that all this crazy shit did happen to them. I think so. I mean, I, I definitely think she's a pretty honest person just based on first, you know, listening yeah. to her and stuff. So, mm-hmm. and again, like on a, you know, if you're going to be skeptical, you'd be like, oh, they just made it all up or whatever. But it's like, why? Why would you make up all they this? Made it all they up. didn't even take the movie deal from the Warrens as far as we know. No. So they're not making tons right. and tons no, of money. No, they take it really seriously. I don't think they're making it all up. I just don't know what is all true and, you know. Yeah. It's hard to discern it for sure. Yeah. But you should let us know what you think about it. But hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the Malahire Podcast, this paranormal special. It was fun. You know what I wish? Hmm. This is random. But it would be really nice if there were like groups that go into paranormal situations that are like unbiased to paranormal stuff that are like could be real, it could not. And there's more like debunking going on. Because then I feel like I'd believe it a little more. Yeah, it would help. You know? It would help for sure. But if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. We'd really appreciate it. And yeah, we've got so much more planned for the future. We're coming up on our 100th episode mm-hmm. is nearing very quickly. The studio is almost done. Yes. We are getting there. I'm so sick of the green screen. I want <laughs> <Me> my <laughs> want my space back it. sitting at this table is like yeah. so hard. So we're getting so close. And then we've mm-hmm. got guests and so much more coming in the new mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that. But yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Stay safe. And stay woke. We'll see you guys next time.